What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are The Midnight Hour. And you are listening to Mega Late Show. Skirt. <laughs> He's youngin' up in here. <laughs> Yo, peace, what up? Welcome back, Mega Late Show, episode number 129. I am the host, Mega. The Mega Late Show is a Tokyo-based hip-hop art and culture podcast. And today I got some more Hata vibes, fire shit for you. Uh, first, let me let you guys know these beats that you're going to hear in the entire episode, The Musical Bed, is brought to you by my guy, Fat Von Free, who was based in Tokyo. I haven't got a confirmation if he's still out here, but he's got over 20 projects on Spotify, and uh, including this dub project that he worked on, which is suitable, very suitable for the, uh, the artists that I've got in here today, the um, DJ Robbie Heat and Don Dre. Uh, Hata Vibe Sound System. Uh, Robbie Heat is an old friend of mine. We go back several years, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, but yeah, I just came in this time to let you guys know because I got a little bit of a false start in the earlier intro that happened during the episode. So we're coming in super hot. It's going to come in right with Robbie telling exactly who he is. But uh, check this out. These, these guys are luminaries within the dance hall community out here. And uh, Pickles the Gaijin is also a YouTube content creator who's a lot of followers and things of that nature. And so there's some really, really kind of wonderful insight into the scene. Uh, both parts of the episode, part one and two, are just full of things that if you're interested in dancehall, man, these guys really know what's going on out here. So uh, Mega Late Show episode number 129. But today I got some of my good folks. Um, man, I've known I've known one of these guys for a long time, and uh, yeah, shit, I'm finally happy to have you in here, man. Will you guys introduce yourselves? All right, so DJ Heat, aka Robbie Heat, Hot Vibe Sound. Um, so I'm a DJ, uh, playing mostly dancehall music, uh, reggae, dancehall, um, Caribbean centric. So, but I would play soca. Um, because that's a, you know Trinidad music and um, Afro beats, and I also play hip hop and R and B. Originally, like hip hop and R and B is where I started, but um, yeah, mainly dancehall right now is what yo, I'm about. Yo. So Hot Vibe Sound, and this is the guy that I'm, I'm working with right now. Hot Vibe Sound. You want to introduce yourself, Dre? All right. So, hello, people of the podcast world. Uh, this is a. Uh, Pickles the Gaijin, a.k.a. Dundre, MC Dundre, a.k.a. Dre Maze in the artist. So yeah, Pickles the Gaijin, the YouTuber, MC Dundre, the sound man, and Dre Maze in the artist. Yeah, I guess it covers my personalities because I have multiple personalities for real, yeah. I think. You have many hats, many names. Many hats, jack of all trees, master of <laughs> none, they say. Well, Dondre, I've, I've seen you on the internet quite a bit for a few years that I've been out here doing the Pickles the Gaijin thing. Um, your YouTube channel, and yeah. I also uh, I introduced myself to you and said peace to you at the Black Lives Matter uh, march back in what was that June, June something June, like that? May in May June, yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. like that, right? And um, man, you're a lot bigger than I thought you would be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not like rotund, I mean like you're a big guy. Yeah, like, I, like yeah. seriously, people what always like? say this. Six foot four, six foot one. Oh, that's it. Oh, see, I'm throwing off, but yeah. Yeah, people, every time, I don't know if it's the way I record, but they always think I'm sh some short guy. Yeah. But I keep the camera, like, on eye level. Okay. You know? mm -hmm. But I don't understand people don't look behind me and see everybody's below the camera. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. if they don't understand that. But 
everybody, especially the ladies. I love it. Yeah. I was doing it for the first time. Like, wow, you're so tall. <laughs> oh, that's how they say it? Yeah. Nice. I never know an image like that, you know, because actually I, I knew you from before I even saw you on the internet. I think I saw you at one of the Jamaican festival ah. like a, f- a few years back. Mm. Might be a good five years back now, something like that. Wow. Okay. But that's your yogi. So I knew you as a big, big, big youth in here. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you want to say I'm fat. That's what you want to say. That's what you want to say. We yeah, weren't I never talking about chicken earlier. Yeah, yeah, you're not fat. You look healthy. <laughs> I'm getting there. I lost eight kilograms. So hey, good. that's what's up. I, yes. I gained hella weight since COVID, the beginning man. of the year. COVID, I put yeah, on at yeah. least 15 kilograms. Yo, I ate I'm almost a whole pizza myself last night. Like almost the whole thing. <laughs> a what? I almost ate a whole pizza by myself last oh, night. Oh, that's easy. I'm yeah, cultivating mass. I do that. I do that. Well, too, you're so. a big guy too, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I'm literally, like I'm literally getting just, I'm just putting on weight every day. I'm in Japan. Like mm-hmm. every day is my is my worst weight incrementally. You know? Every yeah. day, and I'm is working a cheat on day. things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Every day is a cheat day. Yo, let me tell you, let me yes. tell you this joke, right? So I, I I was going to Robbie's house like almost every weekend. Every weekend, like twice a month three three times a month so yeah. I go to do like the live shows on Instagram when Corona was really there and we did live shows because people didn't have anywhere to go and right. that was really we. I think we were one of the first DJs that to start doing the live shows on Instagram Word. from what I've seen in the scene in Japan in the scene in Japan definitely least, definitely yeah. definitely like overseas though, obviously people were yeah, like, like totally well, ladies, early yeah. but uh, as far as doing DJ sets um, on Instagram live in the scene in Japan, Dance I definitely think we were some yeah, of the first, first definitely. Sure. And then, so we, you know, sometimes he he, he cooks rice and peas sometimes, you know. <laughs> and so, okay, so we cook rice and peas. No, you know, we got KFC. So it was KFC and rice and peas, or pizza and rice and peas. Something we're just always eating. I'm sure those are like you know the the major food groups that you need to attack, though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, what Dre is trying to say is that I am the reason that yeah, you put on weight. I put on weight. <laughs> like, like, literally, I would be working out like, the whole mm. week and drop like a kilogram, right? Go to Robbie's Sunday, one yeah. day. We eat some food. Put on no, I don't feel like cooking. Uh. I would buy some Kentucky. I would eat about four pieces of chicken and some fries and yeah. some bread and whatever. I get back home uh. and measure my weight, bro. Two kilograms ah. heavier. Yeah, I, I, you can't, you can't really. I, I'm just discounting this whole year. I, I don't even really count this year. Mm. So for every like uh, the progress, I'll take, but everything that is not progress, I right. just write it off. Makes sense. Like on my taxes this year. Right, right. Like but oh. I was saying, man, yo, Rob, I've known you for like five or six years, right? Yeah, for real. Though. We go back uh, quite a bit through our homie Jesse, a, a <laughs> real degenerate. You gotta drop that name yeah. on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my guy, man. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, like, big him up still. He, big he's him not, up. he's not like an artist or DJ, so I, I likely would not have him on here. But he's one of my favorite people. Yeah. And I met you through him. Definitely. Maybe, maybe at like a hub, maybe like five or six years ago. I think that's. What, I think it was actually a birthday. It was his birthday. Oh, thing. and Mike was there too. Yeah, Mike, he was there too. Was our, yeah, was we've known each other for a while. You know, I, I wanted like uh, I had seen you doing your thing and and DJing within like these kind of. Uh, dance hall type of parties, right, kind right. of Caribbean parties, and I wanted to get you on, but I kind of felt like it would be inappropriate if I got you on to talk about the things I wanted to talk about, which are like the Japan, uh, the the Jamaican community out here, the the party scene. Yeah, definitely. Because you're not from Jamaica. Because I'm not from and Jamaica. You're also, you know, you're a white cat, and and <laughs> and and you're not from Jamaica. But yeah. I had saw that you were working together with uh, Dondre, and I was like, you know, not 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 to disparage any of the work that you've done, but I feel like it's it's a little bit. It, it, a Jamaican person might feel away. I thought definitely, man. You know I, what I mean, I yeah. mean, uh, you know absolutely, I mean? Uh, completely agree yeah. with that. You know, because there's, there's been certain situations as well where people ask me to say, 
um, to represent for the for the whole Jamaican culture thing. I was like, well, yo, <laughs> I'm not <Right>. Jamaican. <laughs> I'm not Jamaican. I'm I, obviously I play, you know, probably ninety percent Jamaican music when I, when I DJ ninety five percent. And you're really you're a really dope DJ too. So you you know everybody that likes that music is gonna like, oh, he's a dope DJ. Let's get him for the party and everything. Yeah, they need to pay him more though. Definitely, <laughs> we get into that later still. Yeah. <laughs> but now you're absolutely right about the about the the cultural and I don't want to say racial, but like the, that aspect of it. I can't really represent for that because you know I mean that's not where I'm coming from. So um, yeah, that makes sense, man. It, it makes. I mean, like I would do that with any other type of person. Like if a, if a person was you know making if, if a friend of mine was making fucking country music. And they're like straight Japanese. I'd be like, that's a little bit strange, you know. So I, I, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that I finally had the opportunity to get you in here. And especially when I saw that both of you were, uh, it appeared to be that you guys were in studio making music. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a perfect opportunity. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, what I really um, read about Robbie is that he understands like his role in in the culture and the scene here. He also understands that he can't really. Not to this, as you say, disparage his word, but he can't really be. The, he's not the authentic dancehall experience. Mm. Meaning, like Japanese people will take this and run and behave like it's their own. Yeah, Robbie will say, "Hey, guess what? Yeah, I play the music, but I can't really say X, Y, Z about dancehall. Right. Maybe speak to somebody who is from the culture. You know, Japanese don't believe that. They say, mm. "Oh, I went to Jamaica two times, so now I am an right. expert on dancehall." Or that sort of thing, which is, I guess, we talk about more about that later. Yeah. But that's one thing. Robbie always said, "Hey, Andre, give me input on this. I'm thinking about doing this." Even yeah. though he has been the one that's been DJing all this time, he say, "Hey, you think this would make sense right. or whatever?" So, I mean, that I can appreciate. Japanese don't like to consult; they like to make things their own and take it yeah. on and I, create I definitely, a new thing. I definitely would like to talk a little bit about like the Japanese community and your pers- both of your perceptions on mm-hmm. how they operate within this kind of dance hall community and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Because you know, it, like people are allowed to like whatever music that they like and things, but you know, it gets tricky at some you know levels. Right. So yeah, but 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 first to get into it, I, I'd like to just hear about like where you guys are from and how you guys got to Japan. All right. Do you want me to start with that? Yeah. So basically, yeah, I'm, I'm coming from England, um, Birmingham, England, so right in the central of, um, of England. It's actually the second city. So basically, if I give you an example, um, in comparison to Japan, basically, if we said Tokyo is like the equivalent of London, Birmingham is like the Osaka of England. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the second city, um, which more or less has the same kind of, you know, cultural things going on there. Um, just not on the same level, um, especially when you talk are about people. Are people from Birmingham cooler than people from uh, London? Because <laughs> they say that about Osaka it's all the time. They say they, it's, a, it's a cooler vibe in Osaka. People yeah, aren't is, assholes, and it's just it's, doper. Yeah, it is. Is it like that there too? I would say. Uh, all right. So anybody that's from London, they're gonna say the first thing they're gonna say about Birmingham is the accent is trash, and it's actually rated consistently within England as like the worst accent in the whole country. But I don't really have that. So actually, when I link people from, from back home and I talk to them, like, yo, bro, where are you from? Like, what country are you coming from originally? <laughs> and they've got anything they say to me. So I don't really have that accent. So first of all, that's the a, that's a one thing. But actually, the people, um, definitely artists from Birmingham, um, making music uh, in Birmingham and then pushing it out onto the UK scene and onto the international scene, they really strongly push out their accent 
in the music as mm. well. Like they're proud of it. I mean, and there's no reason not to be proud of it because that's, that's, that's where they're coming from and that's real, right? That's the realness of where they're coming from. But people will li then listen to that and say, yo, <laughs> what's with the accent? Ah, uh, is yeah? it? So So it's not that posh English accent then? It's more of kind it's of It's nothing like, like that. No. Is it closer to yours? But you say you don't have an accent like that. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, nobody from Birmingham is going to say this is a Birmingham accent. You oh, should have okay. got, got your friend um, Corny. <laughs> Oh, Nico. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. who's yeah. an artist like from who's an artist from Birmingham then? Okay, so actually this year Slow um, Tie. Is a he? big You know him? Nah. Okay. Nah. There Go was on. A, there, a big okay, in Dancehall, in Dancehall, um do you know Popcorn? Popcorn from Jamaica is a big dancehall artist, right? You guys are gonna be introducing me to all the dancehall stuff. Right. I only know like Mavado right. and Vibes Cartel, the shit was popping ten all years right. ago. Well basically anyway, Popcorn is a big artist in the scene and he did, he had a, a big hit tune this year called Buzz. And there was a remix with an artist called Mist and he's actually from Birmingham. You know that? Okay. Mm, yeah, so it's so it's a big breakout for right. him this year. So actually when Popcorn was performing on a lot of the um, the big shows that they had well it was because of corona there wasn't actually traveling so i think they did from different locations but um when they did online shows and and so on um they did a thing where it was popcorn performing and they had him performing back in the uk and, and link up and there's mm. a big video for that and everything Technology. so that's just one example another example is um it's not really dancehall but there's a there's a group called a lotto boys and they actually fully represent the Birmingham thing. They actually have a song called Manor from Birmingham. Okay. And they Yo, actually come out with the accent and say, Remind me to from play Birmingham. some of that later on the second part of the podcast. I want to hear what these guys mm. sound like. If they're Manor from Birmingham. Yeah. And what about you, uh, Dondre? Oh, well, where to start? Uh, let's see. Um, I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, which is the capital. I spent uh, four years in a place called Balaclava in St. Elizabeth, which is the countryside. And then I moved back to Kingston. I was, mm, my father is an Anglican priest, was a D, he's an archdeacon now. Uh, my mother is a teacher. No, well, she was a principal in her, in her last five years. And so um, I was brought up in a very Christian home. Uh, but I love music, always love music throughout. Uh, even got in trouble. I have stories about that too. I can talk about it later. But yeah. Um, so yeah, formative years were spent in Kingston, Jamaica. Grew up there in somewhere called off mountain view avenue which is we say like almost people say ghetto or or the projects like sure. around there but it wasn't the projects when i was just just outside the projects so it was like a nice little suburban vibe there and then i moved to uptown uh when i was in university and that's where my parents are right now up to this point but yeah that's it i came to i used to work in a bank born and raised in jamaica born and raised in jamaica okay yeah how did both of y'all get out here so i was just um as I, I mean, I, did I cut you off? No, I'm, 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 I was pretty much done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you want to get back into that? Or, all right, let me just say, I'll, I'll just explain what I'm doing in Japan. Basically, um, so I was in Birmingham. I went to university in Birmingham as well. Um, and basically, while I was there, I studied Japanese. Uh, it's not my major, but I, st I started studying it there. I studied for like five years, four years, I guess. Um, and then basically, obviously, because I'd done that, um, Rather than just settle into a regular job, I just thought, yo, I'm just going to use this Japanese that I studied and try and make some work. I didn't even have no long-term plans with that, to be honest. I was just like, yo, I'm going to go to Japan and see if I can make something of it. If it doesn't work out, you know, I'll just go back home. So 
came out here for originally like a one-year um, contract teaching English. Yeah, English teaching. I, I got the job while I was in England. Um, come out to Japan for a one-year contract. And I'm living here. And it's just like, yo, there's so many people that's been here for X number of years. And I'm just looking at them having a great time out here. <laughs> so I was just like, yo, I can't go home after just a one year. Look at one year. So I have to renew that. And before I realized that I've been out here like 10 years now. That's wow. a, yeah, just over, maybe 11 years now. Yeah. So I'm not doing the English teaching anymore, obviously. But um, in the beginning, that was my way out here. And I think for a lot of people, that was the same for you, right, right? Yeah, I, I came out here. Uh, I was working in a bank for five and a half years, but there was no job security. They were downsizing and everybody was pretty much expendable. And my friend said, hey, you want to go to Japan? I'm like, okay. And yeah, you have to be serious too. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, did the interview. I was like, so it's not going to happen. I don't, I don't have that luck, whatever. And I got through the interview. I didn't realize I was actually moving to Japan until I was on the plane. Whoa. Like, I was like, wow, I'm actually leaving Jamaica. Never pictured myself outside of Jamaica, living outside of Jamaica. But I've been to, you know, the U.S. for whatever reason, like for vacation and stuff. So then, I'm in Japan teaching English. Was in Toyota for four years. Then moved to Chiba. And I'm here now. And you're kind of like the way that I was introduced to kind of you as as kind of like an artist and an individual out here was through, I think, your YouTube channel. It's pretty successful. I would say you've got a decent following on there yeah. as the uh, the pit, the pickles the gaijin right. uh, pit, pickles the gaijin right yeah how's how's that man like what do you do on there can you just subscribe to oh, me what what sure. that's all about uh well started out uh, the funny story about how my YouTube channel started I was with the when I was training for my my current job there was another guy there that was actually a YouTuber he was in the same training group but he was in Japan for maybe a month before me. But he had met up with other more famous YouTubers already and had a nice presence. He said, hey, dog, you're funny. Wow, you're funny, Dre. You know, you should have a YouTube channel, totally. You should have a YouTube channel, man. Yeah. Is that the Birmingham accent? Nah, he's from Cali. Cali. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. He's from Cali. He's a white boy from Cali. Okay. I'm from Cali, too. I'm from Cali. Right, right. But he had, like, he loves Disney and stuff. Anyway, that's that's not the point. So then I said, okay, bet. So we did a couple collabs together. He gave him a start, basically. Introduced me to some other persons. And at one point, I guess I was the only Jamaican YouTuber in Japan, mm. I think. Or per- the persons knew and persons were made reference to. Right. Uh, and I was doing so. I just was showing my life and the, the more realistic experiences that persons have in Japan. Not the, oh my God, look at the Sakura. It's so pretty. And that sort of life. I was actually showing the real size. I was talking about real issues that affected persons who live in Japan. So a lot of people wouldn't gravitate towards that because they want this place to be a utopia right. and stuff. So anybody who's actually watching my channel and subscribes are persons who are actually, well, usually down to earth and understand that you know there's balance and stuff. Uh, at some points, I used to rant a lot and complain, but I tried to bring a bit more objectivity to things. And just so people know that Japan is just a country like yeah. anywhere else in the world. There's a thriving kind of like economy behind that now. There's a lot of content creators who are exposing Japan for, you know, the insidious side of the kanbini. The harsh like, reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yo, it's rough out here being yeah. this type of person. Uh, mm. But, you know, it was it was a, it seemed a lot less common when I first got out here, you know, yeah. eight years ago. Like there was very few, especially black content creators, but but now like um there's cats who've got millions of followers doing that type of content mm-hmm. that you were doing. It's interesting. 
I mean, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, it's pretty much you're jumping creation, but it's much easier for a certain type of content creator here yeah. than others. But we don't we don't need to get into the yeah. details. Right. We, I mean, I, I've talked about that quite a bit on a podcast. And mm. like one of the one of the main things that, that me and my partner, Late, who's also black from Atlanta, that we wanted to make sure not to do. We didn't want this to be a a, a black podcast. Right. It's like all of the elements of who we are going to come through in the content right. in the first place. We don't need to emphasize it like mm -hmm. the, the content will show that side of japan right. this is the experience that people like us have out here right. and you get that without being like let me tell you about this experience that i'm having out here mm -hmm. you know what i mean so word man but uh i i definitely you know um i've checked out several of your videos less less in the in this year i just mm -hmm. haven't been following but yeah it's really really dope man uh, do people recognize you on the street yeah every I'll, time i go to shibuya it's at least yeah. two Two to five people say, "Oh, oh, oh, oh your pickles!" Yeah. yeah, it it just it just seems so real to me because I don't, I still don't act like I'm popular or whatever. People say, "Audrey, you're so popular." No, not really, dog. People know me. That's how I saw him. I was like, "Yo, I think that's pickles the kitchen over there." And I walked up and I was like, "Yo, aren't you that guy?" And you're like, "Yes, I'm that guy." And I, I walked away like, "Damn, he's taller than I thought." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yes, you you yeah. were in a debate with some people. You're you're yeah. you're schooling some people about something. Some Japanese girls, I remember. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe I said too much. I, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> no, I was with uh, I was with DJ Sarasa and Brooklyn Terry, and I was probably going off on some communist rant. You know, I do yeah, that quite I remember often. you were there, and you I heard the tattoos. That's what I remember. Yeah. I was like, yo, listen, listen, people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, mm -hmm. but I I don't I don't mind it. It doesn't feel I don't feel any different than I just came here because I guess even growing up in the church when I was in Jamaica, I was kind of popular there as well. Mm. So it doesn't feel I don't feel like it's something that I, I, I will be. I don't think I'll ever change. No matter how popular I will I will get. It's comfortable with being a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's whatever. It's, it's nothing. I just treat people <laughs> normally. I yeah, don't yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sign autographs and shit. No, I've taken pictures. I think pictures are the new autograph. Like, nobody asks for autographs yeah. anymore. Selfie. Can I get a uh, selfie? Unless you got, like, memorabilia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The word. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And uh, how did you two meet? So, actually, uh, what Dre was just saying about when he um, moved out to Chiba, um, that was actually, I guess that was the, the, the starting point for linking up. Actually, I, I reached out to him because I knew him from before that. Um, as I said, I think I met him at... Um, Jamaica Festival. Jamaica Festival, but he was still living out in Aichi, so um, there wasn't sense. really no like. <laughs> made no sense for him to talk to someone <laughs> in Aichi, right? <laughs> no, 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 I never mean it like that. Never mean it like that, still. But <laughs> it, it obviously, like, I would have reached out to you yeah. and be like, "All right, cool. Mm -hmm. So what? <laughs> you, get, you get me? So basically, it was like, "All right, he's moved out to Chiba, so that's an opportunity to link up and try do something together, right? So that's that's how it started, I think, really. Um, he was actually living, well, he's still living um, down in almost exactly the same part of Chiba I was living in when I first moved out to Japan. I moved up to Chiba City now, but um, Dre's still living down there. So that, that was actually like a talking point because I was literally living in the same place and I had actually friends, mm. I still had friends living down there as well. That was it, yeah. So that was, that was like the, 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 that link, was his the link up. Yeah. Was his in? Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a creep. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm, was his in? Oh, yeah. are you living in a zoo? Oh, cool. The zoo? What? It, were you were you also participating in like the dance hall community too? Uh, I because used to go to parties. Okay. And you know, 
act, like in Aichi, there's a very active community there as well in, in Nagoya specifically. Right. And uh, there, I mean, I mean, I mean, I met, I met a couple of dancers. I became friends with them. They invited me to their events. Someone them wanted me to teach them patois. I would translate some stuff for them, like on message me and whatever and find. And that was pretty much my role. Okay. That's it. I didn't do music. I wanted to do music, but I just didn't have the whole. Like, the ultimate goal for moving to Chiba was to get close to Tokyo, to move to Tokyo to actually do music. And so, um, when Robbie linked me up, he said, "Oh, you, I think Robbie saw something from me. I don't know what it was." And said, "Yo, you're serious about doing this music thing? Whatever, whatever. We can. I have a little thing, you know. Can fool make some beats and do 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 and whatever, whatever." I'm like, "All right, that's exactly how he talks. Pretty much, yeah. All right, right." You know, I have a couple. I have a thing of a BP, a BP, no, BP I machine. We were, I think we were. I think we were. We, we started were doing, DJing together first. Yeah, we were doing the DJ. Yeah. So basically, um, I'll do a little shout out right now. So basically, I work with um, a group of promoters named Jaja Stars. Jaja Stars. Yeah. Jaja right, Stars. Right. I see you all over that. Yeah. Yeah, big up Kerry, big up Kerry, and, Kerry. and um, team and Jaja Stars. Kerry's from Jamaica as well. She's a mm. big. Um, She's a big presence in uh, in the Jamaican community in Japan. Carrie. I would say, is she is her name like Carrie Berry? Carrie Berry, yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. I met her like uh, I want to say like three or four years ago at mm. at a, a Black Creatives Japan link up or something like ah. that. See, we're All together. Right. I know Carrie. She's fire. Yeah, she's mm. dope, yeah. man. I didn't know she ran that. Yeah, yeah, she oh. runs. That. She runs that. So basically, I met Carrie um, probably before I met Dre, um, going on like about five years back. I would say, and representing to myself uh representing myself to her as a dj as a as a dancehall selector but um obviously i didn't really have no name in the scene like i was to be honest like i've been in japan 10 years but i have kind of a blank as far as the dj anything um because i was focusing more on just uh, study japanese and try to get myself established financially and so on so i basically took a break so i wasn't really in the dancehall scene until say about 2000 uh, 15 i would say so like tr like properly getting back into it i was djing here and there but i wasn't really in the scene so as far as starting to get into the scene i, I would come to tokyo go to different parties try and make links with people and that's how i met kerry and then at some point kerry said yo let me give you a chance play on one of our parties because she was she was keeping big big parties from from mm. back then like she was having the biggest acts like as uh, mighty crown and she and didn't even mention one. that at all when I met her. That's nah, super she, she was doing big, big she, parties. She didn't name drop at all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she was doing big parties. She had a big party called Famous, which had Mighty Crown, and and then and a whole lot of the basically the parties that she keeps. Every one has you know it's like a who's who of the dance mm. scene. Basically, she had, she had a lot of big um, acts on there, and basically, so I you know I linked up with her and. As far as the Jaja Stars thing, originally I was just she would book me as as a as a DJ and I would play on there. And once she decided she liked what I was doing, um, that eventually sort of matured into okay, let's work together. Let's actually right. and I, I, I eventually I joined Jaja Stars. Um, so I do the I do part of the promotion side as well. So you know I joined them as a DJ, but I'm also promoting and I make the flyers okay. and that kind of thing. So ah oh, man. Um, so yeah. I joined up with them, and yeah. Dre would come to Jaja Star's parties events, yeah. often. And she had been trying to get me to do the event promotion, right, right, right. Events, and I'm like, nah, I don't want to work. 
for you, Kerry, like that. You're running away from your destiny, dog. Why you doing this? <laughs> why you, why you, whatever. I'm like, nah, I just don't want to be like tied down. I like freelancing is where it really is. Mm. I mean, if I can just lend my hair. Eventually, I'm going to start DJing myself and leave Robbie by blood fire. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, I'll be my own damn mixing things. So I just wait, I was learning from Robbie and stealing his ideas. <laughs> and then, you know, just Have go the same flyer designs, same, which is yeah. your head superimposed over, over his, his head. Face, yeah. Like, hotter vibes. No, I get like, it, man. <laughs> bigger vibes. So. <laughs> bigger vibes. Yo. I'm just kidding. But yeah, but I eventually went to start mixing myself as well. I used to do it on a virtual DJ. Like everyone did that back right. in the day. But doing it live and setting up the things you have right. to learn it's totally different like i mean especially for dance hall music too you have oh to yeah. have the air horns you, gotta, you know what <laughs> I mean? it's, it's unlike it's unlike a lot of other music genres yeah you need to have the, those samples are really crucial yeah. to building the vibe and stuff but yeah um i always just want to be like just not be tied down even in my job now that's why i grew my hair because i was corporate in Jamaica, so I couldn't grow my hair. Mm. So now I say, "What? Let my hair be free, guys. Let it mm. go." Yeah, it's part of the creative side of me, the free side that I like. So, okay. yeah. So, any basically from the from the Jaja Stars thing, um, Dre would come to parties and we, and I would be playing, and we built a good relationship. So it was like, "Yo, let me let me MC." I, I can't remember if I asked you to MC or if you I said, "Yo, remember. let me MC one time." But I don't remember. Basically, it ended up, you know, obviously there's a lot of liquor mm. being drunk yeah, as well, yeah. a lot of liquor being consumed. So. <laughs> it was when, mad when, when, you, when you get to a certain vibe, you know, it's just like, yo, this is a vibe, yo, let me jump on the mic and, and yeah, rare, rare. And basically, so that's that's how that started. So we would, we would be, I would be playing. And originally, because it is just me by myself doing this, the sound system thing, it, it, would, it would be me playing and emceeing at the same time, which I don't really have a problem with. I mean, and actually I can, you know, I speak fairly decent Japanese. I can do the Japanese part as well. But, um, it's quite difficult, I'm sure, like, as a DJ, you probably r realize the difficulty of spinning to a certain, you know, playing, um, mixing tunes to a certain level of quality mm. while trying to MC at the same time right. is not an easy thing. And if you look at most dance or sound systems, I would say 90, 90 95% of them mm. is not just one person by himself, <laughs> right? That's true. So, so they're going to be performing as usually as a selector and an MC. So mm. the selector is going to be just purely playing music and the MC is going to be building a vibe, hyping the crowd, right? They're going to be emceeing and cutting off um, cutting off the music, spin up the tune sometimes, just yeah, whenever they feel like um, they're reading it's, the crowd it's, too, it's yeah. a good time. Yeah. So they're reading the crowd, right? So basically I'm selecting them. So when, when the two of us are playing together, instead of me emceeing, it would be, I would be selecting the tunes and mixing. Andre would be looking at the crowd, reading the crowd and hyping them up by, you know, saying the right thing at the right time, basically is how, is how the the whole dynamic works i would say so no doubt. yeah hey before we get into some more questions i should go ahead and give a shout out to uh the person who is responsible for this musical bed that we've been listening to right all this background music is brought to you guys by uh a multi-talented musician out here um i think he's still out here but his name is fat von free he makes beats but he's also uh, a bass player guitarist mm -hmm. and this album and he's got like 20 albums on spotify Whoa. but this album is him and his take on like you know dub dub type of beat so mm -hmm. uh, a lot of like you know a lot of a lot of that and that's what we've been listening to the background but he makes a, a variety of different music types and everything so um go check him out i'll put the link in the bio shout out to fat bomb free and uh yeah well let's go ahead and get back into it i'll i'll i'll, I'll let this one rock for a second just let's give it a, just a half a second Your love and 
You need to hit the restroom? Oh, okay. And while this goes on, let me go ahead and give you guys a little bit of a public service announcement. Uh, former guest of the show, uh, G. Yamazawa, the MC, uh, super famous, popular, dope MC, just came out with a new M uh, new EP called Think Peace. And that's one word, but it's peace like um, freedom from disturbance or a state uh, or period without war. So go check out that new album and go check out the uh, episode with G. Yamazawa. He's really killing it out there. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and go ahead and get back into uh, this conversation here. I'll continue letting these uh, Fat Vaughn free beats rock for the rest of the episode. And uh, yeah, fellas. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I, as I told you before, I used to uh, bartend at a reggae dance hall when I was in Texas. So I have a little bit of a familiarity with uh, some of the music that's being played, some of the environment. I've seen live action daggering happen. <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of things at that bar and, um, you know, I have a great appreciation for the Jamaican community. And also, you know, this is a hip hop podcast, so it should be said that, um, you know, the person who created hip hop, so to speak, was it's a Jamaican, Jamaican. Guy. Right. right? Cool Herc. And yes, also, yes. Uh, on top of that, uh, it's to be debated to some degree, but a lot of the influence for the approach to DJing comes from that sound system culture right. of DJ and you know MC, MC. definitely yeah, right definitely. and so um so there's a there's maybe a debt to be owed uh at least uh, an appreciation that should be said uh when it comes to hip-hop culture and the jamaican community's uh kind of involvement in in, in that right. and he um, gave you drake uh, and and we'll never forgive you for that <laughs> but, but but you know um but yeah, you know, I, I got a great appreciation on the second part of the podcast. I would really like for you guys to hit me some of the new joints and get some of your perspective on some of the old right. joints or whatever. Yeah. But but I, I'm curious, like, what is your perception of the kind of dance hall community here mm -hmm. in in Japan? Like, I'm sure predominantly it's filled with Japanese people who mm -hmm. have an appreciation for it, mm -hmm. and it's interesting to me. It's interesting because. Jama like Jamaica, it just seems like a cool culture. You hear Capleton speaking like, yo, talking like that sounds better than the way I talk. I should try to <laughs> talk more like fucking Capleton. You know what I mean? It's like it just sounds it's interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think I think a lot of people have that perception of it, like speaking like this sounds cooler. And the okay. same thing with, you know, African-American vernacular English, too, is popular and widespread. But when it comes to Jamaica, it is not this amalgam of new york the southwest coast bay area it is distinctly from a small island mm, uh, right. of culture so um as a jamaican person out here and as a person who is closely involved in the community what is your perception of of the scene out here now i'm gonna let dre start off on this one because actually because he's gonna represent for jamaica first of right. all but the, you know what? I think he's, he can probably talk about this for days because we have a lot of discussions about this. But. I, I want to hear all of it. You know, <laughs> I, I, 
I, I would tend to be critical of some things, mm-hmm. but you know, there's mm. also an appreciation aspect that should right. be said too. So right. not to say that it's all a dark side of the coin, but right, I, right, right. I, I would love to hear it because if you ask me what I think about the perception of, you know, hip hop culture out here, things of that nature, I've got a lot of negative and a lot of positive to say as well. Mm. But if y'all could just educate me. Hey, what, what do you think, Dre? Dance soul culture in Japan. All right. Um, don't be too offensive, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's what it is. What it is. I don't. I only speak the truth, fam. Uh, reggae and dancehall in Japan. Wow, what to say? All right. So, is there uh, a distinction to be made between the two? Yes. Okay. Because the even in Jamaica, there's a distinction between reggae and dancehall. Uh, the type of sound that you get, the more laid back. Dun, 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 with also the BPMs, right. I think. Dance this is a bit w more type fast of shit we're listening right. to right now. Yeah, like this is more dub reggae. Right. Dance is a bit more fast, more hard hitting, more right. aggressive generally. Um, and the type of lyrics as well. Reggae doesn't really have like me with shooting a head type thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just more dance or more grimy. Uh, but. Mm. <laughs> All right, so here, here, here's how I truly feel about dance in Japan. And the reggae culture. A lot of it is very, it's almost basically appropriation. A lot of them really love the culture, but they don't love the people. The reason they love the culture is because it's trendy. It's also something they can monetize. Right? Um, A lot of them do go to Jamaica often. And when they go to Jamaica, I don't think, I don't think they spend really a lot of money in Jamaica per se. Meaning that when they go, they go and they don't stay at hotels. They stay in the culture, so they stay in the more uh, like we have places that are as we call as we say target. We have a called ghetto, ghettos or places that are less less developed than others, and this, that's where the dancers are. That's where the dancehall was birthed from, right? So they go there and stay, and because you know the yen is stronger than the, the, the Jamaica, they convert to US. The US is stronger than Jamaican, so they have a, a decent amount of money, and they go there, they learn, they dance. Most of the sessions they do are for free. People in Jamaica dance, they don't charge you to dance. Like when I was growing up, you, you, somebody puts on a song and people dance outside. I didn't even know that dancers rehearsed till like I came to Japan and seen them rehearse. Apparently, Jamaicans do rehearse, but it's not something that's serious, in my opinion. But now, since, you know, since watching I see the dancers rehearse, but it's not anything that, you know, it's choreographed. Oh, this goes here, this goes here, it goes there. You have certain movements that you learn, and based on the type of song that is playing, the natural rhythm of your body you can say okay this move would fit here because it fits in here a lot of it they're learning is that they oh okay so this is how we'll be here and then that's more robotic it's not as natural so you they can learn the movements but they'll never really hmm. really look authentic it, like there, there maybe i can count on people three people in japan that actually look like they can they have the movements done with the swag that the hmm. natural rhythm right and so you have a lot of them following and trying to do like but it's just when a jamaica dances it just looks effortless if i was to like for instance i'm an okay dancer but if i look at what some of these people doing i can copy them in the moment and have it down based well have it down in probably like 10 minutes just by looking okay, okay yeah okay, oh, oh, oh and i'm doing it there wait whoa but i didn't learn the move I, a lot of the new dances i don't learn i just see them doing it to the party one week and by next week i can do it better than them or at mm. the same level there's just something natural that comes to it um a lot of the monetization they do workshops out here in japan so they go to jamaica for six months or three months they go 
They learn the dances, then the coach, okay, thank you, bye bye, give them a little present, bye bye. Come back to Japan, they charge $2,500 to $3,000 to teach the shit. To teach the shit. Oh, here. They teach 10 kids. Let's say the student rent, the cost to rent the students for like, let's say 6000 for the hour. Mm. You get 10 people coming in, charging $2,500. Right. have two sessions a week. Mm. Then, that doesn't include you. And when they go to parties, like the better dancers that go to parties, they get paid to appear at the parties. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And they get paid to commute. So, they get the money from that. And then they also go to workshops in other Asian countries and teach. And that's where they made the bread. Mm. And so oftentimes, up until recently, you didn't find a lot of Jamaican dancers actually coming to Japan. But the Japanese would go there for a couple of months and then take the dance and come and teach and make the money from it. So you think it's kind of like a parasitic type of relationship that they have with it, the culture? Generally speaking, it, it is a bit, it has a parasitic side, but sometimes the good ones, the ones you have few that really care about the culture and the people so you just get them to get some of the dancers that work permit to come here for a month and they have a couple shows lined up i think corona um affected like about the two dancer girls that were coming mm. from jamaica that would have had a month of tours lined up and they had them when I, uh, right so what i say to them is like make sure that you if i get the dancers one-on-one on instagram i'll dm it hey I know I, I don't know you like that, but hey, make sure you're getting your things started. Make sure you're getting paid, etc., etc., because you need to get your money. Because right, it, it, they are benefiting way more than a lot of people understand. And in Jamaica, there there wasn't a system in place to monetize our own culture. That is a problem. We don't have systems in place to say, okay, if you're coming to Jamaica for tourism, dance tourism, or reggae tourism, this is what you need to do, and these are the steps you need to take. People, Mighty Crown has been coming to Jamaica for years, getting dub plates and all this thing, and, uh, and paying probably below the real price, probably because they're established. And they come back to Japan and they hold a party in a big old hall or the wharf or a big place that holds like ten thousand people. Mm. And it's the and, and it's the culture that they're taking and benefiting from when a lot of persons in the culture itself are suffering. Do they try to speak like? Patois no, they definitely, yeah, the ones that have yeah. been to Jamaica, like Mighty Crown, Samiti, he speaks Patois like no other. Some of them can speak Patois and don't speak English. Oh. Mm. That's a real thing, definitely. Really? That's a real That's thing. interesting. Because a lot of them will go there and they can't speak any other language apart from Japanese. Right? Right. So if they're, if they're going to stay there for a certain amount of time, obviously you're going to have to learn to speak to people mm. in the native language because... Mm. Jamaicans don't speak Japanese, right? So you have to learn something. And if you don't speak English and you're starting from scratch, then you've got to learn to speak like the people around you. So obviously they end up right. learning Patois over English. Right. So when they come back to Japan, they can't speak English, but they mm-hmm. speak a little bit of Patois and, 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 and they try and chat to you in that. So I've had numerous conversations you know, with, with Japanese sound man, as in like, you know, DJ selectors and so on. Um, who have spent time in, in Jamaica and they don't, really don't speak English, but they can speak a little bit of Patois. So they speak the broken kind mm. of, p- broken Patois, I don't know if that's a thing, but still, mm. like, you know, it's not, it doesn't sound authentic, but it sounds like a Japanese person speaking Patois. So that's a definite thing. I need thing. to hear that. I feel like I need some of that in my life just for the experience. It sounds strange. I mean, they, they, they fully use that. Like when, when they're playing, um, when you hear a Japanese MC. Uh, when, when a Japanese sound is playing and you hear the MC, um, they will definitely be trying to use patois. And some of them will be able to do it to a, a very you know, decent level. Some of them will be just trash. I'm not really going to mm. call no names right. on that, but definitely they all try and do it because they think that's what they have to do. It's like an established part of the scene here is like, oh, you're gonna, when you're going to MC, um, depending on the crowd, 
you know, if it's mostly a Japanese crowd, probably going to speak mostly Japanese, but they still throw in odd words mm. of patois and mix it up to try and make it sound more authentic. And that's definitely mm. a thing. Mm. Mm. What What is kind of like the demographic here? When you go to these events, is it like 99% Japanese, 1% gaijin, like 0.2% Jamaican? It depends on the event and depends on the time because Jamaicans typically are like on a Saturday night, they'd rather party on a Saturday night than a Sunday. Uh, because they have work the following day. In Jamaica, people don't really care. We party every day. I don't know. I guess Japan is different because in the work culture, it's totally different as well. Uh, but to say it, why a lot of the Japanese are able to pick up the, 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 the patois is because it's phonetically similar to Japanese. Right, right, right. So, it, so patois basically, if we were to do a patois alphabet, which you don't have, it would be like wa, mi, so, mi, do, they, it's it's pretty right. it's, it's just like word for word like the sounds are similar so it's easy right. to speak then they can get the, the meanings after so say so <laughs> that's, that's what they sound basically right mm. uh, me, like i said me that's on. i know <laughs> man a bad man i see me me go to jamaica so none of them boy that can't talk to me like me not bad that's, that's what it's on. Okay. Maybe I don't need that in my <laughs> life. <laughs> you know what I mean? it, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about the kind of the similarity in uh, the phonetic sound. So, mm -hmm. okay. Wow. Man. I, I, so, like, uh, we, we've, said, we've said kind of some of the, the strange aspects about the culture here. What are some of, like, kind of the, the, the positive or interesting things that you guys think about um, this adoration for Jamaican dancehall culture? It uh, seems like the parties look fire. Yeah, some I mean, of them go overboard. Like, we don't dance, for me, they go to street dance. So, dance all can be separated in like two like different things. You have like the one, the club parties, then you have the street dances, which is outside right. with the big old speakers and stuff. So, they will be used to dance like they call Pasa Pasa and Uptown Mondays, where it's just people out in the streets partying till like 5 a.m., 7, 10. Actually, in Tivoli, so where the Pasa Pasa originated, which is a party every Wednesday, it they would party from, let's say like eleven, but people don't turn up till like two, three in the morning, mm. and they don't. Some people don't leave until ten a.m. Mm. Just all there dancing, having fun, right? So a lot of things, the extremes of daggering happens at those type of parties. In the club, it's a club, so you're not going to you know see anybody in their good, you know, Gucci suit jumping up and down or whatever. Mm. So I'm used to that club life more often than not. I've been to a couple of street dances, but I don't really venture there often. So when I come here to Japan, my first party, they said, oh, we're going up in the mountains in Okazaki. Matar Tony Matarone is really popular, came to Jamaica and was playing. These girls are up on the speaker box, fam. Flamethrowers out in the street. I'm like, what? Mm. wait, wait, what's going on? Am I in Jamaica? <laughs> what is this shit? Girls jumping off the speaker box, jumping on the ground, doing crazy stuff. So a girl couldn't come down. She climbed up, but couldn't come down. So I'm saying, oh, let me help you, be the gentleman. Mm, right? A so gentleman okay. you are, yeah. yeah I, I, I noticed so that I, immediately. Come, come, come down, and I'm holding her hand. And she says, and she jumps onto me and laps her legs mm. around me, mm. on my waist. I'm like, uh, wow. unbelievable. I am, I am, I'm, 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 I'm I wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't this is not what I signed <laughs> up for. I'm here to help Excuse you. Excuse me, down. miss. I'm a gentleman right. in the scarf. <laughs> then she says, I know, not committed. I'm like, go in the middle. Then she says, go in the middle where the camera is. I'm like, no. 
and she's like, she, she squeezes me, you know, with a mm. th- and then gives me a thrust. And I'm like, well, I guess that's all I, I need to giddy up. <laughs> <because> <laughs> how, how about the trees, dude? I mean, like, it's a big part of, you know, Rastafarian culture and ja- Jamaican culture to smoke trees. Is right. that happening? J- we don't need to implicate any parties particularly. Yeah, yeah obviously, obviously. Right? But, yeah, it obviously. but it happens. Because I, they're not informed, so they can't inform on nobody like that. But, yo, in Japan, it's definitely a big part of it as well. And actually, to, to almost stupid extent because actually they think it's a must right mm. they think you can't be a sound man you can't be part of the dancehall culture if you don't smoke i don't smoke though and it, they will actually look at you a certain way like if you turn up for for, for an event and they're ch- you know they're ch- relaxing whatever before the event and they'll be passing some around and they'll say yo you're not gonna smoke some and if you say no i'm all right thank you they look at you like what <laughs> But you're a, you're a selector too, right? Like you know I mean, you can't you can't even. There's certain parts of it which they just think is like, oh, this is a this is a must-have must. part of the culture, mm. and you must embrace it. You know. What about them? Uh, I mean, go on about the trees too. I was gonna ask if they're locking up their hairs and acting like they're Rastas. Or oh, definitely. Like, so is that is that a thing too? So is that part of the costume? What I would say about now, for real, like I mean, Dre is laughing right now, but that's not even. Uh, <laughs> I would say. And this is not even just about dancehall, right? So this is this is my take on um, what Dre calls the appropriation mm. thing in Japan, because it's not even just the dancehall scene. Like I think right. the same thing happens with hip hop. It's oh very yeah, it's absolutely. very appropriated, yep, yep, yep. and it's a certain um, image that they've sort of cultivated in themselves as like this is what hip hop is supposed to be, and so they so they, so they run with it a certain way as far as not just the music but the fashion and the way they you know if, if they dance they dance and, and, and so on, but like all of that part of it uh, they have a certain image and they think this is what you have to be to be part of this music culture, yeah. and it's the same with the dancehall thing. Like I mean. Some of them have been to Jamaica. Some of them haven't been, but um, they have a certain image of this is dancehall in Japan. So you have to do this and this and this, and you wear these kind of clothes and you do your hair in a certain way, and you dance in a certain way. And what Dre was just saying about the um, the dancing culture, as far as the girls, definitely, um, there's very much the, the street. What what Dre's saying, the street dance culture, whereas they have they feel that they have to do very extreme things. Even when the nature of the event that they actually, um, the nature of the party that you're playing at isn't really that kind of thing. Mm. Like even it's an uptown vibe. Um, and this translates to England as well, because in England we have a dancehall culture, but it's not really, it's, it's pretty much an uptown culture because there's no ghetto dancehall parties in, right. in, in England, right? It's, 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 in a, it's a nice club where people are paying a fairly decent amount of money to enter and they dress nicely. And it's a very grown-up affair, so you don't have the dash out, going to head top speaker box, all them kind of things <laughs> right. like that, jumping on top of people, um, doing the whole daggering thing. That doesn't really exist in England. Well, not in most places that I've seen, definitely. And with Japan, I really feel like a lot of the dancehall parties that you go to, um, they just feel that that's a must. So right. even if it's an uptown party, they, they they still try and do the whole, you know. Um, they don't Bend understand over, the nuances of the thing. culture because they only see the culture yeah, as like this. Right, right, right. It is a specific hat, never deviate. Right. You know so they mean? have, they definitely have um, their own image of what it should be, and they run with it a certain way. And as far as the 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 clothes and the the hair and all of it, like especially the dancing thing as well. I would say um, 
the sound system culture is very is very legit, right? Like they're here. very they're very very serious about it here. They're what is, what, do you, what is sound system culture? What I mean is by um, okay, so as I introduced myself as Hot Vibe Sound, um, so that's a sound system. Originally, a sound system would be what Dre was just saying, like when you have a street dance and they roll out the big speakers, the the big speaker system, the that's the sound system. Bet. So the actual the 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 people that run the sound system is the sound. Right. So they actually build, they would build a sound system and wheel it out on the street and they would set it up. And then where the clash culture comes from is that basically they would have a competing sound and they're trying to draw more people. They're trying to say, well, which is the big, bigger, badder sound, basically. So they're going to try and compete with each other. That's where the dub play thing comes from. But in Japan, they're very serious about it. Like More than I would Can say... Can I just say that I know what a sound system culture is? I just wanted to clarify for Right, right, listeners. right. Hey, you know the vibes. Right. Go ahead, go ahead continue. <laughs> nah, I never doubted that still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Um, I would say one one thing that I like about the the dancehall culture in Japan is that um, they, they they really try and be as authentic as they can, they, even if they're missing missing the um, the, the points sometimes. Yeah. They're trying to be very authentic. So actually, more than in England, you can have a real Jamaican feeling um, dancehall party because in the UK they, you can't really do it anymore. There's a lot of violence associated with mm. it. And a lot of problems associated with dancehall in England from a certain era. I think it's better now, but um, they wouldn't really let you do it in the in, in the, the kind of way you can do it in Japan still. Like you can mm -hmm. still do um, the full on hundred percent dancehall event. This is a dancehall event. We just play dancehall. We just play dancehall and reggae, and we don't play anything else. And we do you know just the full kind of experience. And as I said, it's a it's a, it's a Japanese version of the experience, mm -hmm. but they still try and make it as authentic as possible so uh -huh. the sound systems here they do spend um so dre was just talking about dancers going to jamaica but um i would say an even bigger part of it is that, so the sounds will travel to jamaica and they stay there for x number of months and they will um they try and get people to let them play on local parties and also they will um they will cut dub plates with um all of the artists while they're there so when when dre said they don't spend much money i think that's more of a dancer thing so the, the sound systems they'll go there they spend a lot of money oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they spend big big money like you probably you, you would laugh if you had the amounts of money they would spend but um they'll go there and they drop a lot of money on cutting dub plates mm. because the dub plate thing is actually a very very big part of the Jamaica the, cul the culture. culture well yeah. i mean the jamaica culture but i mean here as well ah, okay um, so actually in england i never really heard people play that many dub plates in in regular club parties mm. that often but here they th they kind of think of it as like this is a granted you have to have a whole bag of dub plates you right. can play and so they go there and they spend a lot of money um some of them will just um order it obviously there's people there that they have links with they can just order it and get it sent to them um, definitely under these kind of conditions as well, they're going to do the corona thing. Mm. But um, they spend a lot of money on dub plates and they play a lot of dub plates in the parties. And mm. when it's not a clash, do you understand? Like, I mean, yeah. to me, um, definitely coming from England, a, d a dub plate was more something that you're going to use in a clash most of the time, at least. You know, you wouldn't really have to have a big dub box if you're not going to be a clash sound. But here, I would say even just a regular party, a lot of what they would call party sounds instead of clash sounds, because you, you kind of tend to split off, like I'm going to be in sound clashes or I'm going to be a party sound. And even the party sounds here, they have a, a, a big collection of dub plates that they will just sort of randomly drop in while they're playing mm. just in a party. And 
Japanese people, I guess, when I see like Japanese dancehall fans, it seems like they're expecting that. Like they they expect if you're a sound, you're gonna have a big dub box that you can play. And dub plays. That's interesting. I had no idea that they were they took it that seriously. It's very I, serious. I suppose I that speaks serious. to a like a desire for authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's that's something that is a, a step beyond your casual appropriation mm-hmm. of a culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it, thoughtful. But then also the, the thing with the dub plate is also to show like you notoriety 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 how famous you are, infamous you are because mm. the more dubs you have you basically in the ones I think the having dubs is a sign of respect from the artist. Mm. Um, for like for example, Stone Love, which is the biggest sound ever. Foundation, they were like the first big sound system. They don't pay for the plates; they mm. get them for free because right, they, right. So eventually, when they build up a relationship with an artist or s- several artists, then because and they know you, they, you play their song a lot or whatever, you get the plates. And the bigger you are, you eventually don't have to pay the going rate for things because you know they know that the value they will get from you playing it is much better you c- they can't pay for it so like mighty crown no doesn't really pay, i don't think they spend a lot on doublets anymore because they are the biggest zone in japan yeah mm. probably the biggest zone in asia in dancehall full stop in dancehall because oh, if wow. it, when you look at the the, the clash history mm. um mighty crown has, has won what is it uh, jam clash. jam rock cruise as well Jamro Cruise, they, 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 they won that like three years in a row. And they won That's the That's a, a Japanese. So Mighty Crown on the Jamro Cruise is like a is a, is a cruise ship that goes to Jamaica, and have a clash on board the ship, and it will have the biggest sounds. So they have Tony Mato on, and um, Black Pan- Pink Panther, uh, no Black Panther, and like probably Kilaman- well, Kilimanjaro, oh, like Bass Odyssey, someone Bass Odyssey, and those people like those really. Uh, traditional big songs and selectors, firelings, and then people. And so they had World Clash. Magicron has one night World Clash. They performed at big dances in Jamaica as well. So they're well, re- they're world renowned and mm. respected in the culture because they was oh no shit. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea about that. No, they're very, mm. very respected in it, and they, they can actually, they have beaten m- many, many big sounds like big Jamaican sounds because mm. they just have too many dub plays too many dub plays and it's not even just dub plays like I would say it's the showmanship as yeah. well mm-hmm. that because they can I, I was talking about people you know J- Jamaicans um, about Japanese trying to speak Patois but they can do it like in, in an authentic way so they can communicate on the same level as the, as the Jamaican sounds almost so I would say you know that couple with the dub plays that they have um, allows them oh. to compete on that world class level right but um I would say Mighty Crown is an exception <laughs> in some ways right, because so. they're not really any other sounds from Japan that's that level. Not really up to that level. Fujiyama is getting there though. It's getting there, but it's not quite. But, uh, but that's just because they have the history, right? Mm-hmm. Fujiyama is a big sound. They are, you know, they are on that world class kind of level as well. Um, but as far as just the number of years they've been in it, you know, Mighty Crown is like. They're almost like the what you call it, like the, the 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 fathers of the the scene here, in a lot of ways. So I, I suppose I mean uh, the same thing with hip hop culture and the dance community out here. There's people who are, you know, have authentically been participating in it for you know their lives. Like DJ Murrow is a, an incredible crate digger, well known. Um, DJ Coco Shimokita was just on tour with Jazzy Jeff and DJ Scratch, and he's seen as one of the best fucking you know um for uh cat that plays 45s in the world right now so uh, that that's dope i just had no idea that japan had 
legitimacy within this, you know, Jamaican culture and, and community. That's really interesting. And I'm glad you guys hit me to that. Uh, if we can, I'd like you guys to give me more formal education on some of the music that's hot right now and some of the cats that are some of the stuff that's coming out of Japan and also some of your music on the next part of the podcast. But one of the things that I like to do um, recently is to kind of highlight something that's really dope here, um, whether it's a venue, a restaurant, or an event type. Could could you each kind of tell me, um, somebody that's dope, like can, can you go into more detail about Carrie's, um, I guess that would be her event crew, or what, what, it, what is that about? What is the name, and... Where where could we find it if you wanted if you had an interest in the dance hall scene? All right, so um, Jaja Stars is um, a collective. Um, it's a collective of promoters, I would say mainly. But I mean, I joined as far as being a DJ as well as being a selector. But yeah, so um, we're basically a group that do. As a business, it does various other things as far as. Um, tourism and so on related things but basically it's a, it, the main thing is is making parties right um keeping parties so yeah um so basically the problem this year has been obviously the corona thing um so we did actually have a big um set of parties lined up for the year but the corona has obviously um as far as this is actually one part of why me and Dre um, have been doing the uh, the online lives, obviously, is because um, that was also with Jaja Stars. And that was to make up for the fact that the, um, some of the parties that we had planned couldn't actually take place um, as we planned them, right? Um, until last year, um, we were doing, you know, quite a big party, maybe every two, three months um mainly uh in tokyo so at ev um, venues such as our lounge and club asia um, club asia actually had a few um different clubs um lounge neo and glad um so that's that sort of big central club area in shibuya you have harlem and you have um, the club asia clubs they've actually been badly affected by this corona thing so club asia i think club asia is still running but the other clubs under them is shut down. So actually, we had planned to keep um, several parties there this year, um, but unfortunately, that happened. So we have to sort of rethink that for next sure. year, I think. But next year, we should be back on hopefully once uh, once the Corona thing settles down, um, doing you know a fairly big party every two three months okay. or so. Um, we also we've been doing the lives uh, as I just said. So um, we stopped doing that a few months back because it's kind of feeling. A little bit yeah, saturated, right? Sure. Yeah, uh, there's definitely a lot of people mm. doing that. I just felt like it was time to stop before. It was getting like, uh, people like, oh, another live. Oh, great. Like, I, was, I definitely was one of the people who was like, oh, another live. I mean, I like listening to my friends play and shit, but it, it gets a little, yeah. it was, it was feeling tired. a little bit. Right, right. Yeah. Especially when you have a lot of friends that do that type of stuff. It's like, I got to watch, you know, 10 people's live ten streams hours, this week. 10 you know hours. I mean? Oh, yeah, my God. So, so we kind of stopped doing the lives for a while. We started doing um, outdoor parties. It's getting a bit colder now, but we started doing outdoor headphone parties. Um, oh, you just had one that happened We just recently. had one Last recently. weekend or mm, two, weeks two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks, I think. I guess it would be three. Uh, well, two weeks by the time this mm. comes out. Yeah, so um, I think Jaja Stars is probably one of the, one of the first... Um, event organizers to be doing the, the silent party thing in Japan. Definitely as far as dancehall, mm. definitely as far as um, Caribbean 
parties. Um, haven't really seen anybody else doing that so much. Um, and so we started doing that as a, a, as basically an alternative because obviously people are sick of listening to just things online, right. but they're not quite ready to get back in the clubs, we feel. Um, although when I sit, because I'm, I'm back DJing in, in, in clubs, um, I DJ Club Harlem and so on. That's a, that's a regular monthly Are event. you DJing tonight? Uh, you guys have an event tonight? And I, I, I have something tonight, but it's um, it's not it's not together. Okay. It's, uh, it's just a little Halloween party. Next, next week. week. Next week. November okay. 7th. Dre, Dre, tell oh, me yeah, about please, next week. Please tell me about the show. Yeah, November 7th. All right, November 7th in Yokohama, which is in Kanagawa Prefecture at X Bodega. The party is called The Experience. Yeah, Experience. The Experience. That's his French. It sounds French. Mm, the Experience. All right, it's like 1500 to get in. Mm. Right? At Club Expodega. Expodega. We're that the guest dope. sound. We, Osan, who else? Akari? I think it was Sound Boom. Sound is Boom. Is the other guest spot. Yeah, so uh, get, put, pull up the flyer if you have it. But, um, Pulling up. Yeah, so um, that event is run by um, Alpha Plus Sound in uh, Yokama Expodega. Sound Boom. Yammer than Bodo. And it's dancehall, reggae, R&B, hip-hop, soul, soca, Afrobeats, and good music. Oh, and wow. good music. Is that Kanye or? <laughs> it is Kanye. I guess that would other, be good, other good yeah. music, yeah? Right. But basically, no, yeah. it's just It's just him and, and uh, him at a presidential rally right. for his campaign. Uh, and the song Alpha Plus Rising Force, Fumia from Jiggy Rock on Tazi. So, yeah. Should be, ah, should be dope. So Yokohama. Come out. If y'all okay. are in the area, come out. It's really cheap. 1500 You're going to get quality, authentic music. You know what I mean? From mm. Yeah. I mean, Expodega, um, for people that don't know, Expodega is one of the big um, Yokohama. Uh, it's one of the big clubs in the, in the Yokohama scene, definitely, as far as dancehall. It's like the home of dancehall in Yokohama um, oh, really? for regular events. Oh yeah, I true. would say regular, for regular yeah. events. I mean, obviously, have bigger venues, which they use for the big events. They use, uh, for example, Yokohama Bay Hall and so on. But um, Expodega is definitely it's like the home of of, of dancehall in Yokohama reggae dancehall. Yeah. Um, basically, it's um, it's not right in the center of Yokohama. It's uh, it's near a station called Kanai. Kanai is the is the nearest station, but um, it's like an underground uh, club. Yeah, it's in a, it's in a ba- it's in a basement actually, in that area, but it's really um, it's really big in the scene as far as the the number of events and just the just the name that the the weight that the name carries in the scene is definitely a, it's synonymous a with so like yeah. quality. It's like definitely synonymous time. with reggae dancehall in Yokohama. Um, Unity Sound uh, is a is a big Yokohama sound. They keep a, a party there every month. Uh, Unity Friday. Uh, big up Unity Sound, Bigger C, and uh, Crossfire. Crossfire is actually um, from the US. He's a white guy like me. Okay. <laughs> Basically, so he came to Japan in a similar kind of style to me, but I guess it was like about 10 years earlier. And he came to Japan, and he already had his own sound, Unity Sound. And basically, he linked up with um, a Japanese selector named Bigger C, um, who actually used to be part of Mighty Crown. Uh, yeah, used to be part of Mighty Crown. Oh, and then sort of went separate ways, but he's very close with them still. And you still actually see your um, members of Mighty Crown come out to party at Expodega sometimes. Okay. Because it's their local spot, right? Right. So you sometimes see them there. But um, the, the yeah, scene so here is so much more like large and vibrant than I had imagined. I mean, I've known you for like six years and right. I've seen you on, on all the flyers. You're usually the, the lone 
foreign cat <laughs> on there. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I see, I, I, and I, I did want to say to you, man, that I, I see you grinding and I see you on all these big flyers and everything. So congratulations to all the work that you've nah, been putting thanks. in. I know, I know you're a quality DJ, but but yeah, man. Thank I think I thank both of you for for um, you know kind of educating me on the community out here because it's something i'm not a part of on the next part of the podcast i would like us to talk about music and and also if y'all have like tips on where to go to get good jamaican food especially if they got like oxtails in there let definitely let me know but <laughs> let's do let's do uh some social media stuff we'll end part one of the podcast and we'll go into part two okay cool social oh. media oh right if you want to find me i am at piggles the guy gin at uh, Instagram, oh, all my social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, also on Facebook, and I think it's at Dre Pigsworth for Snapchat, you know. Mm. Yes. Keep it snappy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram, DJ Heat Japan, um, is my personal Instagram, and then I have, uh, we have one for Hotter Vibes Sound as well, that's just Hotter Vibes, H-O-T-T-A, Vybz, bet. Yes. So that's Instagram, and then um, also SoundCloud, Hotter Vibe Sound. Um, there's a lot of mixes on there. Um, that's mainly like mixes, but it's gonna be also uh, we're gonna be posting some of the tunes they're gonna be releasing on the SoundCloud as well. Um, obviously, it'll be av available to stream and buy uh, on other platforms but soundcloud we have it on there as well so yeah, that'd be hot to vibe bite, sound bite, bite, bite. yeah yeah pay pay that money all right um man i'm gonna go out to this track right now we're gonna take a we're gonna take a break but you guys come back on friday for part two we're gonna share some of their music we're gonna share a lot of music we're gonna do stuff like that in the meantime listen to this new track from let's do the g i'm is out no let's do jansport j just came out with a new album called any weather you guys might have checked him out he's also featured on the new benny album the new griselda album uh burden of proof uh, on the track with freddie gibbs but here go is joint uh any weather it's a beat joint yeah, shout out to him. Go listen to his episode. He was out here in January. It's like episode 100 and early 100. So, yeah, peace. Uh, Mega Late Show, episode 129. Hot to Vibes. Don Dre. Robbie Heat. 